This is Right from the Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Aaron Taylor Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? <laughs> As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you. Bringing interviews, inspiration, and information to encourage, refresh, and equip you to embrace the deep, to find your truest story, your truest message in the deep places. You can get the episode show notes, lots more information and encouragement, and your free audio download, Five Crucial Ways to Safeguard Your Writer's Heart, at writefromthedeep.com. Hey guys, want to know what's going on with us? Well, here it is. Well, first, thank you, thank you, thank you to all our sponsors on Patreon. You guys encourage us, and your support demonstrates that you think this is a worthwhile podcast and that it's beneficial. So thank you. We're also excited to be teaching a continuing track at this year's Mount Hermon Christian Writers Conference in California. That'll be from April 12th through 16th. It's their 50th year celebration. So we're delighted to be involved in it. You can find out more information at writers.mountherman.org. And now, here's Here's the the show. show! Welcome to the deep. Everyone, we're glad to have you here with us in the new year. So I heard this interesting episode on an Ask the Pastor John podcast the other day, and they were talking about including other types of reading and studying aside from the Bible to help you learn about God and grow in your relationship and your service to him. And John Piper, this guy who has devoted his whole life to studying and preaching God's word, says, yes, by all means, you should have these outside experiences. And then he goes and points out that God's Word even directs us to do this. Um, He referenced uh, verses like Proverbs 6.6 that says, Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways, and be wise. So there you go, wisdom outside the Bible in God's creation. And then Jesus says in Luke 12, 27, consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And then one of my favorites, Psalm uh, Psalm 19, 1, it says, the heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. So, Karen and I are going to follow that vein today, (laughs) because recently we were in Seattle, and we got to observe firsthand some lessons from some of God's very cool creatures. Karen, tell them what these cool creatures were. Well, let me tell you. My younger brother, younger by about six years, and his wife live up in Washington State. And they've been involved for a lot of years in 4-H with their two kids. They raise rabbits, they raise sheep, and they raise alpacas. And that's what we're going to be talking about, alpacas. These guys are just so cool and so adorable. And um, my brother's two alpacas, each of them just had a baby, which is called a Kriya. And so while we were up there, we got to watch these alpacas. And it was fascinating. So we decided that we are going to bring you some lessons that we learned from watching the alpacas. For example, lesson number one, stick together. 
these four alpacas were hysterical. Every once in a while, one of them might kind of wander off by itself, but then all of a sudden it would like realize it was by itself and it would come trotting back to the others. They stayed together. And when we went into their enclosure at times, like to check to see if their water had iced over, they crowded together. It was kind of <laughs> like, we're a unified front here. So friends, as writers, stick together. There's safety in numbers. You got to face it. Writers are a different breed. We're not like other people. And that's okay. God made us a little different. And that's fine. You need the fellowship of other writers. You need writing buddies. You need writing relationships. And those of us who've been in the business for a while, we need to help take care of the babies and the younger writers for as long as they need it. Alpacas nurse and take care of their creas, their babies, as long as they need it. If somebody comes to you with a beginner's question, or even if that same person asks you the same questions over and over, don't get impatient with them for being young or for not knowing what they don't know. Be willing to nurture them and help them. They have a lot to learn, just like we did when we first started out. And we who've been in this industry for a while, we have a lot to share. Yeah, and this whole process, this whole mentoring process, it goes on and on throughout your careers. You know, I was talking to a writer the other day, and they were like, how do I find a mentor? And they were thinking in terms of, you know, one person who would sort of be their shepherd. But really, a lot of this mentoring thing can happen in the pack. You know, you can get a little bit from this person, a little bit from that person. So, you know, if you're a a newer writer, and you feel like you don't have that one guide. Don't worry about it. Just just look at what you can get from all of these different people and be okay with that. I've had lots of different people who I would call mentors in my career. It, it doesn't have to happen through one person. That's the beauty of sticking together and being in a pack. Now, where to find these writing buddies, y'all? It's It's there's there's a lot of different places. There's your church. Uh, we've talked to people who've had writing groups in their churches. There's online groups if you live in the middle of nowhere. There's local chapters of national organizations. You can connect at conferences. You can look on Facebook for a group or start one if there aren't any. We we really really encourage you. If this hasn't happened for you this year or in in the past years, if you don't have writing buddies in a writing group, make that a goal for this year. Get involved in a pack. Lesson number two, don't put off your own needs. Okay, so when you need something, you got to take care of yourself, friends. Don't do it with a sense of hesitation, embarrassment, feeling like you have to apologize. Remember, we were commanded to love others as we love ourselves. But I got to tell you, if we treated people the way most of us treat ourselves, it would not be pretty. Right. We have got to be more like these alpacas. I mean, it was hysterical. They just take care of their needs. Now, forgive me if this offends anyone, but when one started to pee, they all pee. It was like group <laughs> pee time. If one poops, they all poop. It's, it's like one doing it triggers everybody else to say, oh, yeah, I need to do that, too. There was this huge brush that was on its end. It must have been like from a street, street sweeper or something for them to rub on. 
And they did that both by themselves and together. It was so funny. I came out one morning and I heard this odd sound and I looked around to figure out what it was. And here were two of the alpacas rubbing those long necks on the bristles of this big, huge brush. They just, it was hysterical to watch them doing that. They don't have any worries about it. They have no hesitation. They just take care of business, no matter who's standing there. Folks, you have got to take care of yourself. I know we've talked about this in other podcasts, but we mention it over and over because too few of us do it. Take care of your health. Get rest. Get the right amount of sleep. Okay, sure, it's the new year, so this is a good time to develop new habits. But even if it wasn't the new year, any day is a good day to develop habits that help you take care of yourself. Preserve unscheduled time in your life. So on those days when you can't get something done, you don't end up creating this domino effect of being late for this deadline, then this deadline, then this deadline. Give yourself some open time. Make time for rest. Make time to be silent before God. Consider what you can cut out of your schedule. Just because you're able doesn't mean you should, okay? Eat right. Now, most of us know what we need to do to take care of ourselves, but let me give you another reason why all of this is so important. Did you realize that depression most often has a physical basis rather than an emotional one? A side effect of not taking care of ourselves, of not getting sleep, not having the right balance of nutrients and vitamins, not balancing our hormones, not getting enough exercise. Friends, when you don't give your body what it needs, you know what happens? Depression. So don't let yourself fall into these holes that just become self-perpetuating and get darker and darker. Please take care of yourself. Very important. Yes. Okay. So... Lesson three in consider the alpacas. That's what we should call this episode. Consider the alpacas <laughs> of the field. <laughs> so we need to imitate the alpacas in friendliness and curiosity. Okay, so every time we would go outside, they would stop what they were doing, this little group of them, and they'd look at us with these cute, smiling faces. I am serious here. These guys smiled. If you've never seen an alpaca, which I never had in person, they smiled at you. It cracked me up. And so every time I'd go out there, I'd be like, hi, friendly alpacas, because they were. <laughs> and it was just it was just a joy to be with them. So the writing business is about relationships with readers, with editors, with agents, with other writers. We can consider the alpacas here, guys. Be warm, be welcoming, smile. People like to work with warm, friendly, inviting people. And it was really more than just their smile, though. They had this kind of a curiosity. I mean, it's not like they didn't just see us, you know, two hours earlier when we were out with the dogs. But they act every time we come out there like there's this grand new experience, you know, and as writers, we have to have that same curiosity. We have something new to learn all the time from other writers, from other teachers, from editors, from agents. I have been to writers conferences and seen multi-published award-winning writers, and they're taking notes and learning from other people. Even if you think you've heard something before, chances are there's another nuance that you can pick up. 
And one of the things I like about their curiosity is it doesn't seem to have any fear to it. My dog, Radar, is, is two years old. He's still a baby, and he just throws himself into anything that he's involved in. He would throw himself at the sheep enclosure, and the sheep would backpedal and run and hide behind their shed. He'd throw himself at the alpaca enclosure, and then they'd just stand there kind of looking at him with their head <laughs> tilted and these wide eyes like, well, isn't that curious? Why is he doing there is no fear in them. You know, there are so many things in the writing career that can cause fear if we let it. So many appointments where you see that the writers are terrified. I'd be at writers' conferences. I actually had a one poor woman who was shaking so bad when she sat down to talk with me when I was an editor for a publishing house. I put my hand out and touched her hand and I said, it's okay. You don't have to be afraid. And she just burst into tears. Aww. Folks, please. Don't go in with fear. Be curious. Be friendly. But don't go in with fear. It's nobody holds your writing career in their hands but God. You can relax. You can rest in the fact that God is in control. And this is just about building relationships. So lesson number four, maintain wariness. Now, there was no fear in the alpacas, but there was a level of wariness. They were cautious well, yeah, they were very friendly looking. They seemed very friendly. But anytime we went into their enclosure, like I said, to check and see if their water had frozen over, they didn't just kind of run up to us and let us pet them. They gathered together in their little pod of, of alpaca wool <laughs> and, and stood there and they watched us. They weren't afraid, but they were watching and they were cautious. If I reached my hand out and just held my hand out to them, they would look at it for a minute. They wouldn't come close to me. They wouldn't let me pet them. They weren't afraid, but they also were cautious about moving forward toward this person they didn't know. Now, one of them, one of the babies, actually got brave enough to come up and sniff at my hand. But if I tried to move to pet it, the baby would back off and go back in the little wool pod of alpacas <laughs> and be protected. You've got to maintain a sense of caution. Weigh actions. Don't blindly trust. It's, it's sad, but even in the world of Christian writing, remember, there's no such thing as a Christian industry. There is an industry where Christians are working, but we are so human and so broken. And friends, there are predators out there, seeming experts who may not be experts. Look at their fruit. Carefully weigh the advice you receive and weigh it in prayer. Weigh it against scripture, even from wonderful experienced teachers. We all have different views and different methods. You need to find out and ask God to guide you to what works well for you. Yeah, and guys, it's okay to use what works and toss the rest without mm -hmm. fear and without guilt, because you do have to find the methods that work the best for you. That's right. So lesson five in Consider the Alpacas. <laughs> Here's the thing. These guys, they did not worry about their daily bread. They trust that their food and their water is going to be there when they need it. And Karen's brother and sister-in-law, they had this all worked out. So these guys would be taken care of. I had no idea how much work it was to even do all of the different things that these alpacas needed. And different people would come on different days and they'd be raking the straw and they'd be giving them these this food in these buckets and they'd give them fresh hay and they'd give them fresh water. And as Karen said, we would be out there on day 
days when um, it was cold too, and we would make sure that water didn't ice up and all of these things. And the alpacas are not like, gee, I wonder if someone's going to feed us today. I hope someone comes and feed us. You know, they, they just, they were just like out there hanging out. They didn't worry. They didn't stress because they were being taken care of and they knew it. You are being taken care of and you can know it. As writers, as people, we're so prone to worry. We're so prone to anxiety. But God will take care of every single need you have. He's promised that. He provides everything. He's the source of your creativity. He creates divine appointments. He is the one who has gone before you and is round about you in preparing your path. All you need to do is seek his guidance and be obedient. You can rest in him and you can move forward without any sense of worry. Lesson six. And this I thought was the coolest thing of all. God equipped these alpacas with a beautiful gift for others. Karen was showing me around the house of her brother and sister-in-law on the first day, and we're going through the different rooms, and she's like, oh, that's the wool room. I'm like, what? What is a wool room? And she opens the door. There's a loom in there, (laughs) you know, spinning wheel. It's like Little House on the Prairie or something, okay? (laughs) Because, yes, they shear the alpacas, and then Karen's sister-in-law, she spins the wool, and they make stuff. Like, there's bags and bags of wool in there. They could close themselves for a day decade, okay? <laughs> these, these alpacas, though, they didn't stress over their gift. They didn't stress about making stuff, about being used by God, because again, he's got that covered. In fact, if they don't stress, I'm sure their coats grow better. Yeah, this, you can count on it. Yeah, and th- this is what God has made them to be. This is the gift that he's given them. You know, as writers, God has gifted you. He has supplied you with everything you need to follow this task that he's given you and to perform it well and with excellence. He's given you the story. He's given you the ability to write. He's given you the heart and the desire to reach out and share your stories, whether they're fiction or nonfiction, to share them with others. God is the one who supplies. You don't have to worry about knowing how to do what you're doing. You don't have to worry about whether you're good enough. That's all God's purview. He will equip you. He will lead you to the places and the people who can help you to refine your craft. You just rest. Trust in the task that he's given you. Trust in him as the provider of everything you need to provide your gift to the people who are out there waiting to read what you have to write. So there you have it. Consider the alpacas, (laughs) the lessons that we can learn from them. There's so much that we can see when we look at the world around us with a heart that's open and a heart that's seeking to see God in everything around us. It was such a delight for us to be around these animals and then to start realizing what an example they were for how we needed to be in our lives and in our careers. Please, when you get a chance, go find an alpaca. Watch it. (laughs) Enjoy being around it. Look at pictures of them online and consider these lessons and let yourself realize God is present. God is at work. God is your source. You can rest in him and you can delight in the world that he's created around you. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. We hope you found it helpful. And if you know someone else who needs this podcast, please share it. 
You can find backlist episodes and lots more resources at our website, rightfromthedeep.com. Yep, we'd love to connect with you guys there. So, until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Amen. 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 